Recording in progress. We are live. Dens? So that, that only worked on the audio podcast. I know. I know. Try to try to do it. Dens? Is Adam? that you? Is that you? Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, because we're seeing each other. So yeah, I know, I know it's you. you. I, I, I know it's you. Firm it right away. Yeah, I know it's you too. All right. Can we just talk about your uh, your fancy sweater for a second here? Fancy schmancy. I've had this one for a while. This old thing. <laughs> I have. It's one of my favorite colors, though. What, 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 what color is that? They call it North Car- Carolina blue. Tar Heel blue? Don't say North Carolina, FYI. Tar Heel blue. No, actually, I think a lot of people say North Carolina blue. It's Tar Heel blue. Um, Jay-Z in one of his rap songs says North Carolina blue. So I, I'm going to go with Jay-Z. Uh, you, are you, do you know that for a fact? <laughs> yes, of course I do. I only say factual stuff. <laughs> or the opposite of factual stuff. Utter fabrications. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. Moving on. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you, you're you're drinking our sponsors' liquid again. So you want you want to shot them out? Yeah. So I switched it up. I went with Waterloo. <laughs> Strawberry flavor. It's very similar quench as to the bubbly that I had last week. I, those are my top two, bubbly and waterloo. You yeah. tell a difference? Not between those two. They're both both excellent. The others, they're not in the same class as, as these two. There's only one waterloo and there's only one bubbly. Like those, those are the, the best of the best, in my opinion. Can you read the uh, waterloo sponsored uh, comments? so that we can get our, our funding properly. Waterloo, when you want something that tastes great. Awful. And very, and very, and very quenchful. All right, good. good. <laughs> People what know I'm drinking it. That's why good. we can't get sponsorship, because of you. <laughs> high ex, high marketing execs are watching the show being like, I can't, I can't sell any products to these guys. Look at this. Well, I can sell them a vape. I'll tell you that. This vape, this mint crave disposable vape is like nothing I've ever had. It's the only one that like... um, Off already. I know. Well, commercial goes... um, um... The live ones, man. The live ones. (laughs) Unedited. (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's a close. In my opinion, it's the closest thing to a cigarette, which that's what I'm looking for. Um, it it hits the back of the throat like a real cigarette, and it has a nice pull. I never like. It's tough for me to over pull, like pull too much on it, start coughing, you know. So that doesn't happen a ton, although it happens. You care about the environmental impact of throwing those things into the garbage and landfills because it's all plastic. No, I don't give a shit about that. 
All right, cool. All right, on to uh, subject number two. Uh, just really established there. Uh, can I shout out my sponsor or like our sponsor, which you have experience with, which yeah. you surprisingly quit halfway through the whole process. Novage is an excellent nasal system irrigation product. I just used it, let me see, about 56 minutes ago. Excellent product to clean out all of your nasal passages. I'm still a little nasally, but with Novage, I am less congested and I'm healthier much faster. Novage, the best nasal irrigation system on the planet. That's how you do it. Yeah, I didn't write mine out like you did. Uh, where am I reading it from? This lab core thing? <laughs> Your teleprompter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyone who comes over, uh, I speak highly of the Novage system. And then little Adam over here, uh, when he visited a while ago, I said, you got to use the Novage system. It really cleans it out. And two seconds into it, he quit because for whatever reason you, you gave. I didn't like how it felt. Coming from a person who's done <clears throat> crazy things to his body, including vaping. A salt water solution up your nose was the worst thing you've put into your body. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Novage, sorry, <clears throat> but you're not appealing to the addict population. <laughs> you're not. All right, well, let's move on with this. Let's move forward here. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Okay, Mr. Director. All right. Let's get well, moving. Let's get to some uh, real there. Well, I mean, let's start with our kind of introductions. And so if you are catching this amazing audio video quality that you're watching us on YouTube, which is uh, our, our New Year's resolution for our podcast called The Addict and the Counselor. Uh, if you are listening to us on, on a podcast platform, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple, um, the show is called The Addict and the Counselor. And that's also our email address where you can email us directly, uh, theaddictandthecounselor at gmail.com. And on the YouTube channel, you can subscribe to us, click, um, and also comment directly on the episode. And we've got a few uh, comments, so greatly appreciate some of the feedback that we've already received. Yeah, I, I believe one of the feedback was was that the link wasn't working on the on the Spotify account. Yeah, so we've corrected that. All right. Um, so. On the Spotify narrative, the link will not be there. But if you search us on YouTube, uh, the show will appear. The The Attic and the Counselor Show is what it's called on YouTube. So uh, greatly appreciate it. We have a couple of subscribers already. And we've already had, I believe, like 15 or so listens or watches on YouTube uh, since our first airing last week. So pretty exciting stuff. So I think this is what, the episode 39? This is hoarding. Alan, what is it? Alan. <laughs> I think body. I, I... do this. Alan, Alan, what, what show are we on? Oh man, I don't know. I, I 
I kind of want to say this is our 40th, but I feel bad not hyping it up right away mm. at the beginning. I can look it up right now. <clears throat> I hope I can look it up. God. I, I could text Alan right now. No, I'm looking it up on our thing. I, I, right, it's, right. On, it's on the podcast. It should be on the podcast. Oh, God. Anyway, you want you want to... Oh, so you were... Um, so I had to get a new phone today. And no, I didn't oh, get... No, 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 no. Set, set it up. Set it up. Set I did not get an iPhone. Set, no, 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 no. No, set it up. So for the audience who's listening to this or watching this, I highly encourage you watching at least this segment of the show. <laughs> because Adam over here texted me earlier tonight before we went on live and says, I got a new phone. Send me the link for the video. <laughs> and his exact words is, this is really funny. And I'm going to talk about it on, on the podcast. So that's the pretense. That's how he sets it up for me. What the fuck? Why are you, why are you Audience. Here, you here it is. Like Here's the no, funniest thing no, ever, not, apparently. It's now it's not that funny, okay? It's not oh, funny. really? It's not that funny? It's not that funny. Um, so interesting. <laughs> oh, this is episode 40. All right, 40th, 40th, right here, baby. Loving it or zero. All right, make it count, make it count, Bob Rose. So, I've had this. I got an, I got a cell phone during the summer away at rehab in Florida. Got a new cell phone, did not get a protector case, did not get a screen protector, none of it. Right. Very irresponsible. No insurance, obviously. Never do that. Although I all when they ask me, I always do like the pause for 10 seconds. Like I'm really thinking about it. And I'm saying, nah, it's all right. Every time. And so so I began dropping my phone quite a bit. And I think part of it was because like I didn't have a case to like have a good grip to it. Mm. it yeah, you know, it was kind of like slippery, I guess you would say. <clears throat> and so dropping it, dropping it. I'm like fourth drop. A stranger picks it up. Like I'm on, you know, I'm I'm um on the sidewalk and um a str I'm coming out of a restaurant. I think it was a 99. And classic. Phone, the phone goes flying. Stranger picks it up, gives me like a look, because he didn't want to do that, I guess. And I looked at it and I'm like, shit, this thing's really cracked. Never, I drop it like one or two more times, gets cracked work even worse, obviously. And you look at my phone and like everyone would comment, you know, you see my phone, wow, looks like your phone's really fucked up, blah, blah, blah. You know, people comment on it, right? It's how bad it is. This morning, get out of bed. I do something with the sheets. The cell phone drops. <laughs> On the, on the floor, bedroom floor. And I pick it up, not thinking anything, charge it up, go take a shower, get dressed, get ready for work, grab my cell phone, grab my things, get in the car, go to start. Texting a couple people that I text first thing in the morning. The, the crack was like, the phone was like, you couldn't even really, it wasn't visible, a lot of the icons, okay? <laughs> I'm like, shit. <clears throat> and then I open, I, I'm able to open up like the contacts and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm 
want to call a friend of mine and it doesn't call that person. It calls like some other number, right? <clears throat> and next thing you know it, Bob Rose, it's, it's making like random ca phone calls to people that I haven't spoken to in like years. Like anyone on my 150 contact list, like people are getting called. Adam like, Kelly was calling. Like, like these people have not heard from me. The ones that the phone like decided to dial because of the glitch was like, I'm like, no. And every time I notice like calling Jojo Smith, right? I'm like, no. And I'm turning it off. And of course, I want to keep trying to get it to work, right? Right? I'm not just not going to give up. There's your delusion. I, that, that's my day, right? And so I turn it back on, try it again. You know, Fabian gets a message. You know, this one's getting called. I'm like, no, turn it off. And this goes on for like 10 minutes. Me trying, you know, shut Oh, someone's being called. Shut it off. Turn it on. Shut it off. Turn it on. Blah, blah, blah. Someone gets my friend, my buddy Maddie gets a text with like 20 K's, you know, like this is what's going on. I'm like, I just need to call it a day with it. It's broke. It's done. I turn it off. I I can't like at 8 a.m. I, I check like a work email to see what's going on for the day. So I know if like I need to do any coverage or whatever at the school. And I wasn't able to check that at eight because I would check it from my phone. So I had to wait till I get into school and check in on my work iPad. And I was running late because the weather was horrible, traffic everywhere. It was like stressful morning for me, you know? And I get into work and I'm able to check my email and find out that I'm covering I'm covering this class. And it was, I was really happy with where I was going actually to cover. But besides the point, I run upstairs. I'm like running a little bit late, later than like I would want to want to be for like covering this class and i'm like i tell like the other teacher like my tale of wow about my phone and she didn't really care you know she could have cared less really. and, <laughs> just, and just, just like just like me it just like our audience yeah yeah so and then i and then i start i'm like shit i need to like email a bunch of people because if people call me and my phone's off what do you think's what do you think their thought is Ding, ding. Is that, you know, where's Adam? Is Adam okay? Blah, blah, blah. Right. So I start emailing. I, I, you weren't on my email, my quick email list. And I apologize for that. But I think you're not someone that I speak to like early in the day usually. So that's why I just took a pass on you. Um, I respect so, it. Yeah. So I emailed like mom, a few friends. And that was, that was pretty much it. My therapist, who I had an appointment with right after school that I never made it to because I'm over-reliant. Part of the reason I didn't go to therapy was because I'm over-reliant on GPS that I didn't have. <laughs> you get to Bevel from Beverly to Amesbury. <laughs> so, um, so I go to Metro that's in, that's in the town and... Um, and, you know, I'm told that it's, you know, going to cost a decent chunk of change to get the exact same phone and whatever. Anyways, and oh, and the security code, like the guy was having trouble, like, like setting the, my new, the new phone up because the security codes wanted to get sent to my email for one of them. It would only go to my email mm. and because my phone was so broke, I wasn't able to get into my email. 
and like he was trying to like navigate it so to try to get into it and we couldn't i had to call my mom and trying to have my mom sit on the desktop and navigate her logging out of her gmail and get into my gmail from her computer was a fucking nightmare okay might as well put her in a space shuttle and go it was over 30 minutes it was over 30 minutes of like trying to navigate her through this you know shame on you Anyways, it all worked out for the best. And here it is. And guess what I did this time? Case. Case. Screen protector. Golden. Awful, awful Android. So that's, yeah, that's my that's my tale. All right. So what do you think and, about that? What do you think about and that? And also not funny. Like the funny part for me is <laughs> is when I when I when it was calling random people who I haven't spoke to in over 20 years that I do not want to speak to and me hurry, you know, before they, if they pick up, like hurrying to power it off before they possibly pick it up. You know, that was like the funny part for me. I'm like, no, no, Joe Smith. No, can't be called, you know, get it off before he picks up. And then I got to try this again to get it working and then turn it on again. And the same freaking thing happened. Sounds like addiction, like trying it over and over and expecting like a different result, you know? Oh, yeah, sure. sure. I, I, I mean, to, to piggyback off of that statement, I would say that it probably is an Android plus Adam thing. So Adam plus iPhone might have a different outcome, but you know, right. once the money from Novage and Waterloo come in, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll hook you up. <laughs> we'll get you an iPhone. We'll transfer it over. But as a therapist... I'm trained to pick up on what people say, not necessarily not, not yeah, what they say, but also how they say it. And so I really want to just paint the picture of how Adam lives his life. So here is adult Adam in bed, waking up to possibly an alarm to get ready for work, shaking off his sheets, his blanket. And cell phone flying in the air because he's sleeping with the phone somewhere in and around his body. Not a nightstand, not even on the floor, nowhere. on his persons while asleep and then frantically in mode of getting ready for work. And then here we are, broken phone, shockingly. Shockingly. So... Did we learn our lesson today, Adam? Tonight, I will put it by my nightstand. Boom. See, look at that. Yeah. Therapy works. Therapy yeah. works, folks. Thank you. I will do it. Connect those dots. Yeah. Life becomes more manageable. Yep. Sure does. That's how I roll. So next week, we have... E easy, easy. Don't get too close to the we camera. We have a potential... Yes. Plural. Yes. S T S. Um, my friend Jackie and my friend Jess, who got sober together, and um, they're great people, and we're gonna have them both on next week. Mm -hmm. All right. All no right. pressure on Jackie or Jess to show up next Tuesday. Oh, no, no pressure. No pressure. If you're watching this, the no show pressure. will. Jackie and Jess, no pressure. 
the show will be awful if you don't show up. God sake, show up. We're desperate. But one of our guests show up, damn it. <laughs> no, we've it's had 2024. We've had mm-hmm. some great guests. Uh, for sure. For sure. On our 40th episode, um, tonight, I, I do want to give like props to some of our like top guests. You, you went through stats? So Did I you will. Went stats earlier tonight? And I know we haven't really gone into, you know, we haven't gone into much yet, but <clears throat> I do want to say some numbers. Should I? Sure. Our top guest numbers for, you know, episodes that have, that we've had a guest on. Matt G, you remember him? Of course. Guy, Matt. My guy. Close to a hundred to two hundred um listens. That's awesome. Your guy Chris R. Methuen guy. Of course. About a hundred and seventy-five listens. And then you got a bunch of stuff that I did that are pretty high up there, obviously. Um just kidding. Uh, what one what episode? Ace Ace I'm not saying that name right. Ace Aisha Aisha I Sa Che Aisha 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 a hundred listens. Yeah, crack three digits. Yeah, and we have my friend my good friend Lindsay, about a hundred. Yeah, we don't recognize anyone under 100 on the show. That's how classy we are. If you're going to come on, if you're going to come on, you better bring 100 listens minimum to the show or we don't even recognize. That's how we roll. One that isn't in the top 10, but I really personally enjoyed it. You know which one it is. I don't know which one it is. You know which one. I don't know which one. You know it. My friend Jill that came in, I loved having her on. She's on methadone treatment. Ah, right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. Really, you know, a different type of guest than, mm. you know, your show. Yeah, she was yeah. very good. I, I dig it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I think you and I are pleasantly surprised on, you know, the the reach that the uh, podcast has had. And so maybe in this new YouTube world, we uh, we lean to a, a, a different audience, you know. Our 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 motivation and our interest of not only doing this but being consistent with it is the reach, right? Is potentially having a family member or person themselves struggling alone in their own addiction, mental health issues, and really stumbling upon this thing and being like, oh wow, like I could do something different in what with my life. There's there's no way out. I can listen to other people who've kind of gone through the same things, um, try a, you know, a different program out, whatever the case might be a different medication. Right. Um, that's why we kind of do it. Cause you know, I've always felt, especially, you know, being a substance use therapist that, you know, like national recovery month, right. It's only a month. What do we do for the other 11 months? Like mental health awareness month. Like what do we right. do for the other, like, because obviously for both of us, mental health and addiction is very, very important. Like that's something that's important for us every single day. And yeah. so hence here we are, um, 
nearing a, a year of doing the show, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're coming up on, on year anniversary. So 40th episode tonight, a year coming up. I, and part of like why we do this is just because of a text that I just got about two hours ago from a friend. Um, Adam, a friend of mine, her son, he's struggling with meth right now. Do you know anything about meth? Yeah, I know a little bit about meth. Um, like any personally and professionally, like any treatment options. Just not sure where to point her. Not sure if he wants help. Blah blah blah. And know what I text back? I said, "I like meth." Laugh out loud, and then I called her and had a conversation with her about um about the friend options. Yeah. So yeah. options, and if they want to call me and just talk, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they want to talk about, if they want to sure. talk about treatment. Great. If they're open to treatment, let's figure something out. If they want to talk about meth, the drug, I'll talk about meth for hours. You know, whatever. Just talk with someone you know especially i'm in recovery so it's good you know yeah yeah no i i mean it's 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 that kind of destigmatizing perspective of it all is that it feels so isolating and alone uh with the use and the lifestyle that that's kind of created it, it is a smaller percentage of the population and so having us having you be out there kind of in the forefront saying hey we're available at any given point, uh, I think it's really, really important for the cause. Um, and that, yeah, that, that's that's why we're here. And that's why we hope to, uh, you know, continue to do this uh, for as long as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love doing this with you. Love? Strong word. Love it. Really enjoy doing this with you. <laughs> now you're walking yourself back down. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really love it. You're right. What do you want to get into? Got into nothing, really. Well, like I said last episode, everything we say matters, you know? Everything is super important. What I was actually thinking of, and I've heard this a few times, and it kind of dawned on me today, is getting your perspective. And, and obviously, you know, you've been honest about your journey, but also, you know, being in therapy currently. And I've heard this from even substance use clinicians leaning into like the private practice world the discomfort or concern treating someone with an addiction in a private practice office so that came up to me and i wanted to kind of just throw it your way what are your thoughts on that maybe as like an isolated thing from like a substance use to a mental health and and maybe even the merge of that. And I have, you know, obvious you know, thoughts about that. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, substance use is a mental health disorder, right? Um, it's in the so DSM. Why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you see a therapist, someone that treats the mind? Why wouldn't you see someone that treats the mind if it's a mental illness, right? Mental disorder. Um, so that's number one. Um, I think that, I think the more contact that a person in recovery or in active addiction or whatever stage they're in, in their, in their addiction process, recovery process, the more professional eyes that are able to, or the more professional people that they're able to connect with, 
Mm-hmm. Like providers that they're able to connect with, the better, the more likelihood there is of success. So I think that's number two. Um, number three, I think for the provider has to have, a, they should have a specialty. In my opinion, they should have a specialty with substance use disorder. Mm. Um, license. Yeah, if they don't have that as a specialty, then I think you you know they they run a risk of practicing outside the scope of what they're trained. Maybe, maybe not. Could argue that, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about? Well, uh, before I I share my piece of it, like your therapy journey, without getting too into detail into it, like with your therapist, do you? is the space carved out for substance use like experiences or is it teased out to just the mental health even side of your recovery? So is there a structured, is it, is therapy structured in a way for me where this is time to talk about substance, substance use or well, again, what, what you said is that, again, if, you know, for me, I'm duly licensed in New Jersey as I was in Massachusetts. And so I think for me, when a client comes in and there is a, a substance use you know, diagnosis, I can kind of bring that into the conversation, even if the, we're, we're talking session after session about their anxiety. I could always yeah. check back in into, well, how, you know, what's your relationship with alcohol like now? You know, uh, are you, you know, craving or urges or anniversaries? I can I can bring into the conversation. I was wondering, like, if your therapist, like, every now and again, like, brings that into the conversation of, like, if you're struggling with a, like, a mental health symptom. Right, I got it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they all interconnect. So I think that mental health, there's a strong relationship or connection between someone's mental health and their substance use. So like my, you know, there's plenty of times where I've had, um, you know, a ton of, you know, what I would call like discomfort, but it's really like extreme anxiety a lot of times. And with that extreme anxiety, I go to a place sometimes of just wanting to escape. And I just, know from experience the easiest way to escape is is substance use so like my that's how my mental health plays a role in it so like connects with that i guess um there's always a connection with me with mental health and substance use i would say almost always you know like in like these days you know maybe maybe a while back like a while ago it wasn't so much like that but like these days, you can I can always bring it to substance use. Yeah, I think you and I have covered it in I think a previous podcast where we kind of talk about the chicken or the egg theory, right? And that was like kind of the early on debate between you know is it a mental health problem that leads into a substance use disorder or is it a substance use disorder that leads into a mental health state? I think both of them are true, right? There it isn't one or the other. Uh, those probably things are happening, you know, simultaneously for a good chunk of folks. There's a lot of, you know, statistics suggest that mental health individuals struggle with substance use, even just generally, a lot of substance use individuals struggle with mental health. I think the notion that there are two separate bodies is is an old way of, like, treating the individual. True. I mean, my 
my my mental health could be like a pretty good you know pretty stable for a while and you know if i'm you know slacking on my recovery program or or whatever then i can easily go backwards and if i if i like the times that i have slipped into a relapse like mental health played a big role in it as well but when i come you know the you know, gratefully and miraculously, I, I've been able to come back from, from relapses, which mm. is a case, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I come back, like the mental health is the worst part for me. Like not, it's right there, Barbaros. It's right, it's so close to the mental obsession for the substance, like the depression. The depression is so, mm. so you know, it's deep depression mm. um, coming back for me. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. It, takes, it takes a while for me to snap out of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, a lot of factors are, are there is, you know, exposure, age, intensity of, you know, use, yeah. uh, stability or lack thereof in mental health, even going into a, a substance relapse. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty common experience when people kind of, you know, are maybe in and out of the the world of active addiction and recovery is that the time to recover even just, you know, organically is a much longer road. Right. And I, you know, I do want to say like for, for people that do use heavier quantities of say like your stimulants, like meth, crack, coke, um you know the dopamine is depleted when you know like fucking it's all gone there you know so it it you know so when i come back you know when i have come back some of it's a waiting game i think we talked about this probably Mm -hmm. recently actually yeah Um, yeah some of it's just like a waiting game physiologically for my receptors to get back to where they should be or they could be mm-hmm. um, so have that and then you have then i have the environmental factors that cause the depression as well so i'll have the physiology physiological and the environmental which i feel like is kind of a double whammy you know absolutely yeah so yeah yeah i mean i i think especially now for me in the last you know, six plus worlds, six plus years, right? I, I've had like a split time between like addictions counseling and straight mental health with like no concerns about someone's substance use issues. I think yeah. there's been some crossover mm. um, and leading into where I am today and still having some, some folks uh, come through, um, you know, the outpatient world with, a concern about their substance use and again other things are a factor there um again i I heard it recently and i was really really angry because for me like the addiction world and the people that have allowed me to like enter their lives has always been a place of comfort for me and for me to now like be in a a private practice type of setting that like, mm-hmm. oh no, like I can't take that on because of 
you know, their severity or whatever the case is. And I was just like, why? And one of the things I always like reflect on when people kind of say this thing about like, oh no, I, I, I couldn't see someone who had, you know, doesn't have at least X amount of time, like sober or, you know, yeah. uh, absent or whatever the case is. Yeah. Uh, and I'd be like, why? Like, oh, like, I, I just don't know if they're using. And I'm like, let me let you in a big secret. Your depressed client isn't really talking about their suicidality with you either. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Right. It doesn't make sense. Right. It, like, it, it goes back to what you said is just like, for that individual, there's a lot more attention, there's a lot more conversation and, and professional eyes on that individual. So, any one of us can kind of like catch them maybe slipping. <clears throat> um, you know, further, whatever the case might be. But like, it just really blew my mind. And I think for you and I, like we've been in the industry and you obviously like recovery wise have been in it a lot, a lot longer, but the old school way of thinking is that like, oh, deal with your addiction, stabilize that, then come see me for like your yeah. mental health. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's real old school now, yeah. I guess, the stage in the game. I mean, well, within, people, I mean, people in the outpatient world do, they do still, it though. They still do it, which is freaking terrible with all the research and stuff that says to do exact opposite and to treat them simultaneously, like all the time. And as well, like, like I've even heard that um, even if the person doesn't have, um, you know, a diagnosable mental health diagnosis, and correct me if I'm wrong or I'm way off the mark there, like I know you will anyways, um even if they don't have a mental health diagnosis but they're they have some some um they have substance use it's still in it could still be encouraged to take a simple antidepressant to help the person get through early stages of recovery have you, have you heard that before yeah i mean i i think obviously there's a lot of like you know ethics and a, a proper assessment here but right. I, I think what, what you can tease out and i think a lot of people don't know is that there's a lot of similarity within the entire dsm diagnosis you know so when you're talking to someone and i think this is where the trickiness kind of comes from if as a therapist you don't set the stage for honesty and openness right because of how you're presenting if a client who has a substance issue comes to your doorstep and you, for whatever reason, like block that side of it, guess what they're going to talk about? Their mood, uh, their stressors, uh, right. their low period, like their nervousness. Guess what? That all sounds like depression, anxiety. So you're yeah. like diagnosing semi-accurately, but you're not getting the full picture. Probably, right. honestly, most likely of, of how the therapist is presenting to the client and not set the stage for, you know, complete and utter transparency about mm -hmm. the full picture. Cause like as a private therapist, like I don't know what goes on in people's lives <clears throat> until they tell me. And so it's my job constantly is to set the stage for transparency and honesty about what are they experiencing? What are they going through? Um, but like, I like this, like I'm really passionate about this uh, subject. I think what you said earlier is that like, as someone in recovery needing to maybe find a therapist that specializes or at least is exposed experience and has the license for, you know, mental health. I, I, I've heard just within the last six months, like private therapists who have zero interest in substance use nor experience with it 
seeing someone who has an active substance use issue, but only focusing on the mental health issue because it brings on the discomfort for the therapist because it's not their, their training and they're yeah. not doing anything properly with that. And so yeah. surprisingly, the client is not getting better, right? <laughs> like I've, I've, had, I've had therapists in the past that because they didn't focus on substance, or they didn't specialize in substances, they re- would refer me to a substance abuse counselor. And I could, I could see both of them. I could see both of them. You know, the private therapist and the substance use counselor. Mm-hmm. So that's something there too. Well, I mean, I, I think that speaks volumes to the therapist being ethical actually and being like, yeah, that's not the place that I'm comfortable in going. It's not my training, my you know, outside my scope of practice. Here's someone that I trust that I, you you know you can connect with that right. way. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that should be the best case scenario. Yeah. Right. It's, instead of like, hey, I can't treat your mental health issue because of and then just ignoring it and avoiding it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not, not asking those, you know, those, those that are like either assessment questions or like follow-up <laughs> questions, you know, throughout uh session. But this also reminds me of like when I was in grad school many, many years ago, um, doing my practicum at an outpatient mental health clinic in the North Shore. And at that point, I already had like almost three years of like methadone like counseling experience yeah um in my uh my on-site supervisor i still remember her name she's absolutely fantastic best person carol bernstein small little jewish lady about like this tall i kid you not like maybe like four shout feet. out to the jews shout out to the jews and then had this like i can, just- I can say that because i'm i have jew blood so i can say jew you can- Congratulations. You should put that in your resume. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> so, so she she ha- had this like big hair, but she was like really into like self-care. She'd like come after like she'd come to work like in her like gym outfit. It was awesome. But like she set the stage for like this <laughs> awesome individual supervision and really like made me feel safe and really gone into like certain like just uncomfortable places as being a, like a young therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh in you know, in, in, in grad school. And she had this awesome ability because she was so into animals. She would take like human behavior and relate it sometimes to like, like animal kingdom type of things. And it just all made sense. Carol Bernstein, I don't know where she is now, possibly, you know, retired or still doing excellent across. Up on LinkedIn right now. See where she's at. Anyways, so when I went in there, I wanted to lean in to like solely mental health because that wasn't my experience, right? And, and knowing my substance use side of it, I kind of had an okay feel for it. Yeah. And the intake coordinator, I don't remember her name, nor do I care to, a licensed clinical social worker. So the full boat, fully licensed, experienced, yeah. seasoned clinician, she was the intake coordinator. So like she did all the intake evals. And then based on the assessment, she would uh, refer to the clinicians that were there, both on the intern level and, you know, uh, the, the, the uh, you know, full-time employees there. Yeah. So this was probably, honestly, like early on in my practicum there. And they stumbled upon the fact that, like, I work in a methadone clinic. And she, the intake worker, said, do you mind if I send you all the folks with substance use? And of course, like, here I am in my early 20s, still very green. 
<clears throat> you could you could yawn. Am I boring? Sorry, Adam. Am I boring you? Should we go to sleep? Are we tired? You know, Bob Rose, it's just the polite thing to do to do this. Mm. And now you're trying to be polite? No? You want to be polite now? Well, We're 40 I, episodes in. You want to be polite now? I do. I'm, I'm changing my ways. 2024? Polite, Adam? Is that? Little by slow. I'm changing my ways. All right. So she says, can, can I send them your way? And of course, like, I, I wasn't going to say no. I had to, like, build up my caseload anyways. And so I said, yeah. And so like the first few clients, you know, were teens and even like young adults with like history of substance use. And I was, you know, seeing them whenever I was happy. Yeah. Um, and so Carol, because an excellent, excellent fucking supervisor says, hey, if you don't want to see only substance use clients coming in, just tell her that you want to be exposed elsewhere. And I was like, I can do that. I can like put that out there. <clears throat> so anyways i got enough the courage like a week or so later and i told her i'm like look you know, do you mind sending me like non-substance use because i want to be exposed to like you know major depression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff she's like oh yeah sure she goes well i can't work w with them i was just like okay and i i, I didn't probe at all but of course yeah. here it is i stage is set she goes all they do is lie. And I'm like, what? You're a therapist, a licensed clinical therapist, someone who's been in the field for quite a long time. And you think only the substance use clients lie? You don't think your depressed client is lying to you or the anxious person or the borderline person or the Barbara, bipolar? Barbaros, that is extremely old school. And in 2000, okay. In 2000, obviously, in 2001, that's how old school that mentality is. Because in 2001, when I went into the substance abuse certificate program at North Shore Community College, the director, the then director of the program in his substance abuse 101 class, you want to know his favorite line? What do you think it was? Say it. If their lips are moving, they're lying. Oh, God. I that was the the go-to line in 2001 for substance abuse class okay what a way to teach it and he was a great person like he was a great guy he had a ton of information but that was the way we there was we, bias there was stigma was the way we taught it so yeah but, yeah. yeah yeah and I, yeah i mean that's that's definitely like my takeaway you know from that experience and like again this this that conversation happened anywhere between 2006 and 2007 yeah. Right. So we're talking at this point, eight, 17 to 18 years ago. And I still remember that conversation as if it happened yesterday, because I was just so moved by a, a, a professional therapist judging another human being. I thought we were in the field to not judge. Right. But obviously, there are well, human beings. And not to get, you know, let's get deeper. Let's get deeper with this. Um I, th I, I think that speaks to the complexity of the substance use disorder. For that to be the projection onto, onto the therapist and the therapist to buy into that mentality, that is fucked up, right? Yeah. Where else do they get, where else would a therapist get that type of feeling? It's based off a of feeling, a lot of it, right? It's from the, the client who has the illness 
projecting that onto them. No? I don't know what you're trying to say with that. Just saying that the disorder is so complex, like that it speaks to its complexity. That if but the, that's therapist, the, ther so the therapist always thinks that the, the client is just like most of the stuff out of their mouth is a big fat lie. Mm -hmm. That's part of their makeup. It, they, the therapist believes that's all like part of their disease makeup. No? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, it, it's someone who's has no experience that doesn't want that experience, which is fine. Right. Is that we all have limitations, even as a therapist that we have to kind of understand like what our limitations are, but I think to kind of outright differentiate a substance use client, not just on the substance using side of it, just as a person, the fact that, you know, they lie. And again, like I, I, I've taken that with me, you know, with the grain of salt, like when I'm meeting with someone, a part of my processing is what part of their story is true. Because yeah. again, I don't know any of that. I'm only yeah. putting together pictures as they're saying it and consistencies and, you know, inconsistencies. And I'm putting it all together as someone is talking to me over weeks and months before I can really start to say like, wait a second here, this one doesn't align with that, right? If someone's grandmother is dying, yeah. Like every three months, right? Wait a second. You've already told me that what's what's going right. on, but like, so and yeah, I, like it's up to you as Columbo, right, investigator, to decipher and sift through all the bullshit and interpret, you know, what's going on, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, um, I, I just I just thought of this too, like with the substance, with the quantity of substance use. They used to say the the alcoholics, like just the booze bags, right? They would minimize their drinking while the dope fiends and the crackheads would maximize, exaggerate their use. Oh, I'm using four grams of dope a day. Oh, I'm only drinking like a six pack a day. So you know the six pack is really like a case and you know the four grams of dope is really two grams probably. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, I think it's just our, I mean, my job as a treatment provider is just setting the stage up. And, and I'll share, like, when I do a clinical assessment and, I, and I'm asking someone, like, you know, why they're in therapy and ta tell me about your parents and tell me about the stuff. When I get to the substance use section, I always pause and I say, hey, this next session is for substance use. The only thing I care about is you being open and honest in this section as you've been in previous sections. So oh, I, really, really I really want to hear like, like what that. they're doing because that can blur, right? Yeah. It can maximize or minimize their mental health symptoms. And so I want to, I want the full picture as, as clear as possible. And, and I even internally joke as a, as a, as a therapist, like we are truth seekers. The only thing I genuinely care about in my exchange with people is the truth right like i like all that fuzzy like yeah. you know minimized yeah. stuff and what they tell themselves or even their parents or loved ones or whatever i want to sit all that give it to me as raw and real for you as possible because right. that's the place i'm i'm trying to get to anyways before we can even get better so like yeah. let's get there as fast as possible and that's yeah. my job that's as a therapist not the client's job i like it i like what you're offering would you would you pay me $150 an hour for therapy? 
I would not pay you one hundred fifty dollars for that review. Sad. Yeah, I've been told I could charge like two hundred fifty. You can charge charge two twenty five, two fifty with your licensure. What's that? And I mean, in mass, anyways, you could charge two twenty five to two fifty. That's like the going rate yeah. with your. In my experience, you know, yeah, in in, in March, in March, I'll be in the field twenty two. What year are we in? Yeah, oh, uh, twenty three consecutive years. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time. Almost, a, almost a quarter of my life. Quarter of my life mm. as a therapist. Mm. You burnt out. Do, do I do I look it? Do I sound it? Yeah, you do. No, I'm just kidding. You sound great. Well, well what I what I did recently, and it, it just dawned on me, like after like New Year's, you know, I had clients, you know, the week of Christmas, I and then after New Year's, I had like my private clients, and I'm like, wait a second here, like, I'm a, a little on edge. I'm feeling a little like, you know, a little toasty, and I'm like, wait a second, I can block out my own schedule, and so the week of my birthday, which was last week, I I blocked out that whole week. Uh, including the even the weekend and yeah. i was just like wow that's and i honestly i have not done that outside of like vacation time yeah in a year plus of doing my private practice and so i'm like yes that's it that's what i need to be the best therapist possible for those people and so i've kind of built it into my mindset that every probably you know three or four months to take a full week off yeah. Uh, just to kind of you know decompress and you know recuperate, but that's just me. I think that's great, and um, and happy forty fifth birthday, happy birthday to you. Yes, I don't look a day over fifty. Nope, you don't. Definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess you know the moral of the story is that you know if people are out there you know looking for a, a, a therapist, you know finding one it, it is very very challenging. It's slightly like flavors of the ice cream. You might have to go through a couple before you really land on one. Um, if you are someone with a substance use issue, you know, uh, it might be best to find a, a therapist that has both licenses, a mental health and a substance use one. If you can't find one of those, let's say you're connected with a therapist that only is mental health um, as a client, try to it might be uncomfortable but really lean into the substance use side of things because those two things go hand in hand for the mood part of it and the lifestyle part of it which are you know impacting you as an individual so you know hopefully this conversation you know resonates you know on both sides the client side of it and also the professional side of it because you know i'm in this for the long run and some of these experiences i've had literally with therapists who say god-awful things that comes out in therapy. And yeah. I've always tried to like hold myself accountable to folks like that and being like, well, what am I doing to not ever sound like that? And that's, that's, that's personal, yeah. uh, you know, pride that I take in, in, you know, holding myself accountable. I love that. Yeah. And there's right. folks like me, you know, out there that are, you know, duly licensed to, you know, do yeah. awesome, awesome jobs. So, uh, yeah. we're definitely out there. Um, so, if you need the help, there's there's folks out there. Even in the private practice world, group practice world, there are therapists there that you know have specialties or licenses for substance use. So, yeah, go find them. Go out there, go get them. All right, are we uh, transitioning? 
Was that the remix? Did you remix that? I did. It was because we got a little bit more money from the YouTube views. <laughs> All 16 views were, were raking it in. Look, look out, Mr. Beast. We're coming after your money. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do have a close friend that shared it quite a bit. And a lot of the people that pages that he shared it on, um, they're sharing it, too. So we'll see. You, what are they, are they called YouTube stars still? What are they called? Influencers? Are we, are we going to be an influencer? I don't know. Do you want to be an influencer? Do I? Do you think I should be? I'm asking you the question. You have to answer for yourself. Would that mean I have like a lot of power and control over things? I wouldn't go that far. Right. Probably won't be a big deal then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested. Not really on my alley. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right, so this part of the show is affectionately called The Five Controversies. We end the show on a little bit of a light note as things can get really, really intense into our dialogue. And so the five controversies are, I tend to throw out like one to two, sometimes more options to both of us to kind of see where we land. We encourage the audience to play at home, play with your loved ones, and really kind of see, you know, how things like boils down for people and how they choose yeah. to live their lives. <laughs> Um, all right, so this one in context of, of, of today, I'm not sure what's happening in Massachusetts, but here in Jersey, we got some snow, turns yeah, some ice, or back to the snow. Um, yeah, snow pretty thing. Places, not a ton, but enough. Yeah, enough for sure. Um, so uh, do you tend to, during winter storms, put up your um, your windshield wipers or do you not care? Like, you know how some people put them up? Yep. Just no, I know. I know all about it. I know all about it. Visualize it. Yeah. The question is, I'm clear. I understand it. I don't have any questions. Father question. None of it. I get it. If I can bring to my memory, oh, there's snow coming, then I will do that. I will put the wipers out. Mm -hmm. If I don't, Remember, by the time I get into my home, I'm not going back out there to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's my answer. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Thank you. I do prefer to put it up, and it comes from 100% my dad. And I think the notion is, if you put it down and snow is on top of it, and you're scraping the snow, you can break the wipers, which then yeah. costs more money. Or I've done then, it. You know, You've done it? I done it. I broke it. You broke it. it. While taking while taking snow off the wiper because I didn't pull it out. It's only happened once. It's quite a long time ago, but all you needed for you don't want it to ever happen. And it happened once, you know. So it's never happened to me, and I still like to put the, the wipers up so that you know you can clean the wheel and shield thoroughly without getting the wipers in the Yeah, it sounds like you're very consistent with that, and that's why it's never happened to you? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe there's something there. You've been doing it. You were sixteen and a half because of dad. 
probably earlier cleaning off his car. <laughs> uh, free labor. All right. Uh, next controversy: automatic versus standard manual car. Standard manual stick. I don't like the stick. Do you know how to drive a, a standard? I do car? not know how to drive it. I tried to before, and it, you know, it's America's funniest video type of thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. I've driven both. I know how to drive a standard. Uh, I, I, I learned uh, while I was Tennessee. And it's just, it's the funniest thing when you have, when as someone who enjoys driving a standard car talks to people who've never driven one, the very first statement is, it's so easy to learn. No, it's not. Well, like, can, how would you, like, in like a minute or under a minute, how can you describe what it's like driving a stick? The, the, just the difference is there's more control. There's so what's more, the focus? What's the focus like to get it right? It's the sound of the engine. Yeah. That's all it is. And then it, it's also like it's foot pressure. So both feet have to work together in an awesome like pressurized thing. Because if you push down too fast to shift, then the car jerks. And then if you release it too fast the car jerks and you press the gas like all of it is like this awesome yeah. sequence right. both feet and and hands right to, over to a minute over a minute now thank okay. you yeah. but if, if i were to choose i i prefer driving a manual especially if it's a smaller car like yeah. there's bigger cars that are like manual i think it's a little too much i think you need to lean into automatic like a, a standard suv i think is unnecessary why would you need to a giant car just hurricane and jerking whatever but <laughs> my all right so this is going to age both of us um and the pretense is there was a commercial many many years ago with the fake orange juice product called sunny d sunny was... d my mom's cool that was the commercial the kids are at the table oh my mom's got sunny d mom comes over pull it has the sunny d and the kid makes the statement, Sonny D, your mom's cool. Well, there's also the, I think before that, the kids like open up the fridge and there's like, Sonny D is of course right front and center. You don't, you don't understand my, my, like one of my go-to sayings, like growing up was, oh, Sonny D, your mom's cool. Like I used to mock it. So <laughs> and I know you can picture me doing that. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, Sonny D, your mom's cool. <laughs> Just Adam laughing to himself as he's doing now, but no one else is laughing. No one else is laughing. My friends are like, oh, there he goes. Um, so, like, Dave Chappelle made a joke about this on his, uh, the Chappelle show, and I think it's absolutely spot on. Because we did purchase Funny D, like, a couple of times, and it's just, like, it's a horrendous product. Like, it is the anti-orange juice, but it just, it's just colored orange. So, anyways... It, when they open it up and there's kids like staring into the fridge, <laughs> right? There's sunny day there. I think it's like, like soda or like water and there's yeah. purple stuff. The kids or the mom or whatever goes, hey. what do you guys want? Everyone's like, sunny day, of course. And I'm just like, 
and then Dave Chappelle goes, "Look at the black kid in the in the in the commercial." They're like, "He's excited for the purple stuff because there's a, <laughs> a, a running joke there." And so the controversy is: Would you prefer Sunny D today or purple stuff? Purple stuff. Purple stuff. A hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, can we can we get really sophisticated and split the screen? And put up the commercial from YouTube, the Sunny D commercial. Can we do that? No. Who, what money is pouring into the show to pull? Can no, you do it? No, I'm asking you. You're like our head tech guy. Yeah. yeah. And once again, I'm a licensed therapist, so <laughs> not in my scope of practice. And, and we're going to show you the video right now, what that looks like. Or again, Go on YouTube. No, it, no, it's us. It's us reenacting the video. It's not really. <laughs> if you want to see the commercial, type in Sunny D commercial, like circa 1980s. Oh my God, Sunny what? D versus purple stuff. You'll you'll see it. It's absolutely hilarious. And the purple drink is a million times better than Sunny D will ever be. All right. Controversy number four for tonight. When cooking pasta... Do you cook the pasta with the sauce in it, or are you making sauce and pasta in two separate bowls and then you're mixing it on a plate? Or yeah, yeah, you do it separately. You always do it separately. Okay. Yeah, it's because you're not Italian. <laughs> sure. You, you think I'm the only one? Listen, I'm Jew and Italian. Okay. A lot of cultural uh, identity is pouring out of this, uh, of you today in the show. Ah, Scott the Zeke. It's Italian for shut up. Oh, wonderful. Great. You, you know one word in Italian and four words in mm-hmm. Hebrew. Fantastic. You know a lot more Italian than you think. Sure you do. Vini qua. Vini qua. Vini qua. Which means? Come here. Andiamo. Andiamo. Are you just regurgitating like stuff that you learned in Italian class? Andiamo. No, my grandfather. Papa Papa D. Papa D. Gregorio. So you say separate. I I do it both. So I cook the pasta while it's straining in the same pot. I do the pasta sauce, let it heat up, put the pasta pasta back in it, scramble it around there, and then all the sauce gets onto the pasta. Nice and saucy. All right. Screw you. All right. So the last controversy for today. So you saw in in my car, in most cars, right? There's two cup holders, right? Probably one on top of the other. Which one should be for the driver and which one should be the passenger? If you're looking at the top versus the bottom one. Yep. The top one's for the driver, bottom one's for the passenger. Mm-hmm. Any rhyme or reason for that? What do you, what you take? Well, there's two reasons. One, and I will all, share. I will share both reasons with you. All right? science based, <laughs> evidence based reasons for why that is the way it is. Because the driver gets the first, the top one, for the cup, because it's easier to reach. Feel like. And um, and the top one usually has a larger hole 
too. If you if you look at it, a lot of it is, is a, it's a little bigger. It's maybe slightly, sometimes more than slightly. It's bigger than the second one. You deserve the bigger. My third reason is because it's symbolic too, because you're the top guy because you're driving. So you should get the top cup. So I gave you three solid evidence-based reasons for this. And you only agree with one out of three. Well, I would say it's interesting is aesthetically, the top one close to the dash is the drivers. But like if I'm driving and I'm, you know, in my regular seat, and maybe it's a height thing. <laughs> I have short arms. And so if I'm driving and I'm like leaning back a little bit, the couple that are closest to me is the furthest one. And if I wanted to put something up, I would have to actually sit up a little bit and grab that one. So imagine doing that several times. That's just my take on it. But I, I do prefer as a driver, the top one, I should be able to own um, just for hierarchy basis. All right. I'll accept it. Accept it. Accept the answer. Think, what do you think about my other reasons that I gave? The reasons. Fantastic. None of, none of them evidence based. Hey, your Chiefs won. Your Chiefs, what a game. Great game. It was a, it was a butt whooping. What are you talking about? 26 7? Taylor's boyfriend. Tearing it up. Oh, why did I even go there? I, I know you do it, and I still engage with it every single time. You actually don't want to talk about football. You, you want to you talk think about Taylor's Taylor, boyfriend's last year, or do you think he has one more year left? He has plenty of more years left. Are you kidding me? He's yeah. 35. He's taking his hits, man. He's taking his hits. 35. He's like a, yeah. You might, be, you might be confusing him with his brother, FYI. Uh, no, I don't think so. We're going to find out right now. He's got a lot of seasons in him. 34 years. He's 34 years old. He turned 34 in October. I know I remember that because Taylor celebrated it with him, you know. Um, We're not doing it. We're not doing that. Hey, what about, did you see her in, in, um, in the stands? We're not doing it. And so, um... Yeah, so that's the show. Uh, thank you, you all. Opened the show to the suite. Thank you all for for watching and listening to us. We, uh, I, I don't know about Adam. He probably doesn't. This is uh, only one stop with Taylor Swift. Um, thank you for paying attention. Thank you for entertaining us. As we hope that you've been entertained by us. And please uh, follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube, comment directly on the YouTube episodes. We would greatly appreciate it. You can contact us via email, theaddictandthecounselor at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on any podcast platform. Um, and right now, actually, according to our statistics, uh, Apple Podcasts is the number one streaming um, source uh, for our podcast listeners. So thank you all very much uh, yeah. for following, listening, uh, commenting. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone who needs to know about this. Uh, we're here to stay. And so we greatly appreciate the support. Episode 40 in the books. Episode 40. I hope, I, hope, I, I want to say, I hope um, 
you know, I hope people got something. I don't know why I'm clapping and doing this while I'm trying to speak. I'm exhausted. Can I just say that? I'm exhausted. So anything stupid or the yawning. I was yawning a lot. I want to apologize for that, Bob Rose. Especially, especially to you, because you deserve better than that. Um, I hope people stuck out. Like the beginning, we it took us a while to get to where we wanted to go. I guess maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's our banter. It's, it's right. our relational piece. Mm. You know, we didn't just stumble upon each other. We have a history together prior to the podcast, prior to the show. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Don't do that ever again. On that note, don't absolutely don't do that again. <laughs> uh, that is the end of our show for today. Hope to see you, but um, our our followers uh, for next week. Can't wait. Episode 41. Be on the lookout next week. Next week, we got two special guests coming on. I'm clapping. All right. All right. The more I promote it, the more at risk they are of canceling. Yes, they are. Two super superstar guests. Okay. End of show. And we're out. Peace out. Howdy.